Okay, so usually Tanner will like to embarrass himself with a bad story, so I'm going to start off this podcast with an embarrassing story of myself. Today's movie we're talking about, The Suicide Squad, it features an actress by the name of Storm Reed. I have a funny story about Storm Reed. So Storm Reed, her big debut was in 2018 with the movie A Wrinkle in Time. And I remember around that time, my uncle, he has like little kids, like my cousins. And he was wondering whether or not he should take his kids to go and see it. And I hadn't seen it at the time. The reviews weren't very good at the time, but I was telling him, uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I've not been hearing good things, but I mean, I like the director. And then I said, Disney's really pushing this, uh, this Stormy Daniels girl. Because no. at the time, the Stormy Daniels case with, uh, with Trump was going on at the time. So my uncle gave me the biggest weird look possible and asked me, what kind of movie is this? <laughs> and on that note, hi, welcome to the Bomb Squad podcast. Uh, I am Joseph Rennick. Hi, I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. Hi, I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm Tim M. Sullivan. I'm Rain Caversi, I think. Today we're going to be talking about uh, the new James Gunn film, The Suicide Squad, uh, the latest... What? What? I thought we were talking about the 1996 comedy, The Preacher's Wife. Thank goodness. Nope, sorry. (laughs) Damn. Thank goodness. I watched the wrong fucking movie. (laughs) Okay, well, Tanner's going to be completely lost the entire podcast. So we'll just uh, we'll just keep on rolling without him. I figured I would start off with this little question about the movie because we really don't need to go that deep into the first Suicide Squad film, the David Ayer film. We really don't need to go into it because I think we can all agree. It sucks. The movie's a piece of shit. We don't need to beat that yes. dead horse anymore. So I will start with this little question. So this movie, the way that it came to be was uh, in 2018, James Gunn got fired from Disney due to some very controversial tweets being resurfaced. And then Warner Brothers, the gods that they are, decided, hey, Disney's fired this guy. Let, let, let's bring him in to do whatever he wants because he was wrongfully fired. So that's how we wound up getting this movie. So I got to ask, uh, how, how do we feel uh, now that James Gunn's back? Because it's been about five years since his last movie. How, how do we feel that our boy's back and better than ever? I'll start with Tim. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say I'm not super duper familiar with James Gunn's body of work. Like I've seen some of his stuff um, and I've enjoyed what I've watched, but I haven't really ventured into his filmography a whole lot. Um, But I guess I'll kind of talk about uh, what happened with him and the whole firing thing. Like, but let me be clear. Cancel culture is not real. That's not a thing that exists when these people are getting fired. It's consequences for their actions. But if cancel culture was real, this would be an example of it. Because they're pulling something that was, they're pulling like a 10-year-old tweet that was just like a joke that was in poor taste. And he did apologize for it. I think that this was definitely a situation where it was really wrongfully handled. And so I think it's great that uh, he's coming back. He's getting to work on Guardians 3. He's getting to work on this. Um, 
I, I enjoyed the Guardians movies. I think they're they all have a lot of heart to them. Slither, I'll talk about for a second because Slither is a movie where I remember that that's like the one time I remember being terrified of the commercial of a movie. And then like I watched it later as an adult, and I was like, this is a goofy like horror comedy thing. But yeah, I, I think that there's a lot to enjoy about his work, and I'm glad I got to come back with a big fun movie like this, but I guess I'll talk more about my feelings on the movie in a bit. Austin, you're, you're next. Well, I'm stoked because this is a lot better than Brightburn. Uh, first place I saw James Gunn's name. First place I saw James Gunn's name after the controversy was the David Yurevsky film Brightburn, uh, on which Gunn was a producer, and the connection was probably due to the fact that his cousin and his brother wrote Brightburn. Not the greatest supervillain movie. It had some okay gore, but the plot wasn't very fun. It had the same problem that I had with with Brightburn with James Gunn's movies 43 skit Bezel. I just don't like seeing Elizabeth Banks get hurt that much. Uh, of course I'm stoked he's back. Everyone is. Uh, the precedent set by his firing for Disney basically established that, yeah, the Internet's a honeypot that can be used to be silenced political dissent, even when Nazis like Mike Cernovich are the ones doing the, 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 the silencing. <laughs> Just backwards. This is honestly perfect. DC wanted that Guardians of the Galaxy magic. And uh, Dis- unlike Disney, with its pristine reputation, Warner Brothers gets dirty. Do you guys remember the uh, Warner Brothers film Joker that used a Gary Glitter song that paid royalties to Gary Glitter? He doesn't get him because he's in prison. (laughs) Back on the other side of the fence with normal people like James Gunn who just made jokes, I wonder if this is the movie that sort of pulled James Gunn back into Disney's good graces because another studio was like, no, fuck this. This this guy's not untouchable. For all we know, this could be the reason that Guardians 3 is happening. As a St. Louisan, I'm I'm always sending up pride for James Gunn. I always like when he makes new movies. That whole thing was bullshit. It's good to have him back. Uh, Tanner, go. First off, Austin, I want to let you know because I'm not sure if you do know. Uh, he got rehired by Disney like two years ago now. Yeah. Uh, his firing was very short-lived. I couldn't tell by your wording. I remember exactly where I was when I found out that James Gunn got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I was in the shithole hellfire place. I was in the worst place on Earth. I Me was too. in the most godforsaken... No, you fucking weren't. I was in the most godforsaken hellish place on Earth, and that place is known as the state of Ohio. Right? I was in Ohio at the time, spending time with a person who would not be named. I'm not going to get into it. We were uh, dr- uh, driving to drop this person's sister off at a camp, and at that camp, I just read, James Gunn got fired, and I, 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 I went down a fucking rabbit hole, man. And I remember seeing some deep web shit of him as a party where he dressed up as a preacher intentionally. It was provocative. It was a joke. But his Halloween costume was priests that molest children. And I, it was kind of just I understood he had a trauma background, but staring deeply into the facets of what that actually meant was very interesting for me. And I remember I felt conflicted about it at first. But when Chris Pratt, Mr. Christian, whose church hates gay people, came around to being like, no, rehired gun. I was like, all right, this is definitely bullshit. Then I remember being very excited when I heard DC got him speculating what DC movies he could even take on. I remember a distinct possibility that stood out to me was 
what if they just give him the movie that they were already trying to ape him with? Because 2016, David Ayer's Suicide Squad, edited by that trailer company. We're not getting into Ayer Cut Discourse, whatever. But, you no. know, I, ultimately, it's a fucking mess of a movie that tries to blend a trailer company and David Ayer's vision into the worst of both worlds. But ultimately, it was trying to ape gun style, especially with some of the most horrible needle drops in the history of pop mu- and pop movies. It's just an absolute mess of a movie. You know, oh, they're in helicopters, spirit and sky, blah, blah, blah. We're just not getting into Suicide Squad, but they were already trying to ape gun style with that movie. So I thought, I, I, I immediately thought he should do the Suicide Squad movie. And when it was announced he was doing a Suicide Squad movie, I was like, yes. Hell yes. This fits his styles perfectly. It fits his sensibilities perfectly. And I thought it was going to be a great thing for him to come back. And uh, being excited for him to do a DC movie. And then when I found out he got rehired by Disney, funny, embarrassing story. I was in the bathroom at work when I found out that James Gunn was hot, rehired by Disney. And I loudly exclaimed to my uh, co-worker, who's also a member of the Bomb Squad, Ethan Hawker, James Gunn's back! I want to emphasize, I was pooping at the time. I was in the, I was in a <laughs> bathroom stall pooping, and I loudly screamed to another man in the bathroom, James Gunn's back! James Gunn's back! I, I literally did that with the Cats trailer. Cats is Cats trailer's out. The Cats trailer's out. Cats Ethan Hawker was Literally. Ethan Hawker was also in the bathroom. It was very weird. I was yeah, I was in LA at the time, but he was there with me somehow. But I was really excited when yeah. James Gunn was back, and it's very excited to see James Gunn come in this big budgeted movie that is fucking bombing at the box office. Holy shit, this movie is not making any fucking money. But who cares? He's back. Don't fucking talk about it. COVID. COVID. Yeah, it's not just COVID. Mm. Unfortunately, it's not just COVID. Rain. <laughs> it's also HBO Max. Tanner. <laughs> Shush. It's Rain's turn. Oh, geez. So, um, yeah, ultimately, I don't have anything too interesting, too unique to say about the firing situation. Probably agree with more or less with all you guys. He, um, you know, I thought it was bad. Undeserved considering it was something he apologized for years before um, they were surfaced. And then the fact that it wasn't even like for like the people who were really uh, trying to get it going weren't even like sincerely um, offended by um, his the content of his statements they were just very upset that he says progressive things sometimes so yeah, we gotta get rid of this guy but as a director I'm, you know, I'm glad to see he's back I would say of he might be my favorite uh, director working right now as far as like modern directors who of the of like current directors that are working on right now especially as far as big budget directors go I just um he's got the he's got the he's got the look he doesn't got the look he's got the he's hot as hell he looks he's, like the director from Mulholland Drive <laughs> <laughs> so hot as hell, like I said. Yeah, um, uh, amazing. Just a perfect blend of just like just just weird, bizarre, but also um, just a great heart and sincerity. And also, just it's great seeing his evolution. I think he's just generally he's just getting better and better each each film. But yeah, no, it's great. Good times all around. All right, now it's my turn. So let me name off the three worst days of my life, the top three worst days of my life, starting with the worst day of my life. The worst day of my life was the day I almost killed myself. Second worst day of my life was the day my great-grandma died. Third worst day of my life was watching my goddamn hero, James Gunn, get his ass kicked by Nazis and then fired from Disney, having his goddamn baby taken away from him. The absolute fucking worst day of my... Let let me describe why James Gunn is my hero. James Gunn kind of showed to me that 
anybody could make a movie, like even a fucking weirdo like me, because fucking James Gunn, his, his movies are weird. His movies are like over the top, goofy, but also very sincere. That's very inspiring to me. And he, again, Austin's mentioned, he comes from the Midwest. So it's like, that is really inspiring to me. Like if he can make it, why not us? Why, why not me? Like, this guy is my fucking idol. So to watch my hero just get the biggest kick in the nuts by a fucking Nazi crushed me. And then to see that a giant fucking mega corporation was falling for that shit. They should have fucking known at this point. Because, again, we've mentioned he, he started off at Troma Entertainment. Troma is very known for their over-the-top, kind of, like, very offensive jokes. Like, this should have been known to them. It's a very complicated topic for me to talk about. So I, I, I will just kind of wrap it up by saying, uh, Mike Cernovich, you if, if I see you on the street, that's just an automatic for you. You've got like five seconds. <laughs> but I am so happy that he's back. To, 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 to the people of the court who are watching this right now, um, know that, that Joe is kidding. He's a, he's a goofy guy. This is satirical! <laughs> anyway, uh, Mike, Mike Cernovich, uh, watch your back. But Warner Brothers, thank God, saw through that shit and was like, we've worked with this guy. We, we know what he's like. We're bringing him in. Hey, you want to work on a, a, on a DC project? Have at it. You can have Superman if you want. And he's like, I'm going to do the Suicide Squad. I was fucking pumped. This was my most anticipated movie of, well, originally 2020, now 2021. And now that it's out, I have a lot to say about it. But... I'm going to start with you guys because this will kind of pivot us into the next question here. What did you guys think of the movie? We'll start with Rain. All right. Oh, shucks. I I don't want to be in this position. I don't want to. I know I'm about to um, about to have to say, hey, jury, uh, they didn't mean it when they said they were going to kill me. They didn't mean it when they said they were going to fly over. Um, to, uh, did you not and, uh, like it? No, I did, I did love the movie, um, but I will say I might have the the most negative things to say about it. I will say that I um I didn't enthusiastically loved it. I loved it in spite of some major things. I think I'll get the my two main criticisms of the movie out of the way first. Is um everything with Harley Quinn while like entertaining in a vacuum? I gotta say like it's just too divorced from everything else in the uh, film plot wise that it just I felt kind of like unwieldy from a pacing perspective, which I hate saying. Sexist, misogynist. Yep. (laughs) I think she's, um, I think Mara Robbie's great as uh, Harley Quinn. I think uh, it's one of the best action scenes when she's breaking out of the place. Everything, like, in a vacuum, it's great. And then the other thing, I um, go back and forth on how much of a problem it is for me sometimes. I feel like it's, like, a major problem other times, um, just sort of a little unfortunate thing, is, like, all the commentary on uh, American interventionalism, uh, particularly into, like, Central America and all that. I thought it was, I mean, it was great to see that in, like, a giant blockbuster movie. I was not expecting that. But it felt odd to me that, because in a lot of ways, this feels like it's supposed to be, like, a political satire um, of that, and then to a secondary degree, the prison system. But it's just odd to me that uh, our main character, um, Bloodsport, and he has to, he's the main character, I feel like. I don't think, I feel like you can't debate. That's not, that's not up for debate. Like, I think it's just odd that, like, his arc has absolutely nothing to do, really, with the uh, American interventionalism. But the two periphery characters of um, Peacemaker and uh, Flagman. What's his name again? Jet Black? Rick, Rick, Flag. Rick Flag. Rick Flag. Rick Flag. Rick Flag. <laughs> I fucking love 
Flagman! Flagman! Assassin's Creed Black Flag. No, every time some anarchist tries to burn the U.S. flag, fucking Joe Joe Kidman just just comes fucking running in like a wrecking ball and just starts beating the shit out of you. Um, He doesn't even he doesn't even stop the flag from burning up. He's just like you motherfucker. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. I I don't know. I hate saying because obviously I I love Bloodsport. And uh, Ratcatcher too, like infinitely more than um, Peacemaker and, and Rick Flag, who I liked in the movie, but like they, you know, they were nowhere near like on the level of like emotional satisfaction for him. But at the same time, I uh, on like a thematic intellectual level, I would have gotten more out of it if um, that one of them would have been the main character, either Rick Flag and just like his arc, but like uh, with more emphasis put on more attention to it. Or uh, Peacemaker's arc, where instead of the arc where he, he did have, I guess if you could call it an arc, the direction his character did go, instead actually went the opposite, where he had to be challenged by um, uh, realizing like the error of his uh, ways somehow. When said we have for the main arc seems to be about um, the general James Gunn affair of um, traumatized people coming together to forming like a found family, which while way more like emotionally satisfying for me, and I'm sure most people um, and I feel more in James Gunn's wheelbag or wheelbag it's more emotionally satisfying but I just think it would have been a I just think it would have made for like a stronger point if the the character motivations and the thematic stuff would have been like more tied together okay mega stuff out of the way um positive stuff I so everything literally everything else I think I love um cinematography wise action wise this is uh fantastic probably one of the best blockbusters I've seen in a long time well not it is like one of the best blockbusters I've seen in a long time I um will say uh character wise it's solid um every the amount of like charm and like detail that James is able to like put in all of his characters I mean I'm on first name basis with him so that's okay I think it's amazing at this point and I think um the thing I really like about James Gunn the most is when he's able to really seamlessly blend together like comedy and uh juvenile ridiculous stuff with um genuinely emotionally moving um uh, moments and I think the I think um of his entire filmography I think the moment that best captures that is when Harley Quinn is um um, shot herself into the into the eye of the giant starfish man and it's just like a, this beautiful shot of of her like in the water with the light you know like softly uh shooting onto her and then you just see like little rats swimming towards her i think that's just, just it's just perfect best encapsulates him than i think any other shot in his entire career could so yeah good time all right Tanner, we'll, we'll go with you next. I uh, was obviously very excited for this movie. I uh, It's the first big superhero movie of the year that I'm really excited for. And anyone knows me knows I'm a fucking sucker for superhero movies. Yes, I'm the what's wrong with the decline of American cinema, yada, 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 my ass. Um, I'm a huge fan of superhero movies in, in general, and I'm ultimately kind of forgiving of some of the tropes. Uh, but when a movie kind of rises above that, when a superhero movie rises above that and is able to do something special and is able to say something, and I think all these movies attempt to say something, but say something uh, more controversial like anti-American imperialism, which I just was not expecting from a superhero movie, because as I'm sure you all know now, uh, most American mo- blockbuster movies have some budget in from the Pentagon. Austin probably knows where the bodies are buried and where the budgets are, so they'll probably he'll <laughs> throw up a graphic here showing that uh, everything's military propaganda or something like that. It's very refreshing to see a movie be so staunchly anti 
military in a way. That scene where, you know, Bloodsport and Peacemaker are basically being like, who can get the coolest kill? And then it's revealed like it revealed that, oh, actually, those were the good guys. And they all look like defeated toddlers that knew they just fucked up and their mom's about to find out. They have that look on their face. It's just so perfect. It's this perfect blend of comedy and tragedy that Gunn is so ably able to perfectly capture. There are criticisms of his movies that he can switch from joke to drama too quickly, and I most certainly get that. But it's not like other filmmakers, which a filmmaker I love, Taika Waititi, he tries to do this. I don't think he's quite as effective at it. Mm -hmm. The most famous thing being at the end of Thor Ragnarok when Asgard is burning down. And immediately was like, oh, your foundation's going, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The thing about it. He doesn't it, quite. Sorry, I was just going to like. Go ahead, Because like, uh, like the thing is, um, with a lot of people mess up is they try and, uh, and even James Gunn sometimes admittedly uh, messes up where instead of like rapidly going from joke to drama or drama to joke, you got to blend it into it. You got to blend it. It's not so. I think you're putting it perfectly, though, Rain. It's not a switch. It's a blend. Yeah. And, and that's what Gunn, I think, really is able to master with this type of blockbuster filmmaking. Uh, beyond that, I really love the way this this movie shot pretty sure basically every shot has movement in it which helps make it feel really kinetic really energetic and it really kind of helps absorb you into this fast-paced energy of the movie mm -hmm. it's rather beautiful i also think you know all the performances are great and i'll be able to get more into that uh, with the favorite character question that i believe is coming up right yes i was very excited for it really lived up my expectations it's in my top three of the year it was number two after i saw it and i saw the mitchells versus machines a few days later and i love that more but this is not a podcast about that the suicide squad is an amazing fun movie i love the way the action is choreographed as well it's so hard to sum up exactly what i really love about this but this is what i love about blockbuster superhero filmmaking it, when it, it reaches these heights of emotion emotional tissue and pure adrenaline excitement not a lot of movies do that for me there's this movie there are you know some movies in the mcu like the first avengers movie or endgame or homecoming for me there's all or spider-man 2 sam raimi when you're able to reach these this perfect mix of pure emotional uh, depthness and kinetic action energy. That's the kind of thing I love from superhero films and that type of filmmaking, this sort of larger than lifeness to them. And I really think the Suicide Squad nails it in every regard. I There were a lot of moments I laughed my ass off. There was a moment where I cried. There was a moment where I cried specifically. You know, it's that moment at the end where Ratcatcher 2. I was there and I was crying with you. Oh, <laughs> When we go to that flashback of Ratcatcher 2 and it's, I don't know how the fuck the son of a bitch made me do it, but when the line with, you know, that serve a purpose, the lowliest creatures of all, they serve a purpose that maybe. God damn it. <laughs> oh. What's that? Three now? Put the counter up. Um, it's at least eight. <laughs> something like that. It's such an amazing, beautiful experience. I'm glad I got to see it on the biggest screen possible in IMAX. That was really exciting and fun. I love the movie. I absolutely adore it, regardless of what the haters may say. Haters gonna hate Taylor Swift 2016, 2014, whatever. I love the movie. It was a great time. And uh, go see it now. Stop watching this podcast. Go see it. Yeah, uh, I'll pivot off that. Pay to see it. Go see it now. It needs your support. Tim, from my understanding, I think you saw it right before we uh, we started the podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, I just watched it a couple hours ago. Um, it, it, yeah, my thoughts are uh, kind of fresh off the press, I guess. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I was just just uh, kind of amazed at how much better of a sequel this is than the original, which like, yeah, no doubt. They, they got a much better fit director. They weren't trying to imitate gun style. They had it. 
they had gum. So they had the real thing, the real article. It didn't look like fucking hot topic vomit. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this movie was a lot more fun, a lot more cool. It was just a much better movie. It was and it was just a solid movie. I would honestly probably put it at least top three on the DCU. I think Wonder Woman number one is still at the top for me. Zack Snyder's Justice League might be a number two. Uh, this might be number three. I'll have to think about that a little more, but I think that's probably what I would say top three for me. Like you've been talking about the imperialism kind of satire on it. I thought I thought that that was kind of interesting to see in this movie. I was thoroughly entertained and got a lot of, got a lot out of it i don't have anything super deep to say i guess right now but yeah i, I enjoyed it a lot okay austin your turn but what, what, what'd you think of this bad boy hey hey tanner maybe the rat scene made you cry because it was taika waititi maybe <laughs> you got my ass uh yeah a lot of camera movement in this movie reminded me of a martin scorsese film uh <laughs> When people oh god discourse discourse <laughs> oh no sometimes when people talk about the, the the marvel formula and how predictable those films are i find myself like emotionally disagreeing because like spider-man far from home had a fire monster guardians 2 the villain is both the protagonist's father and a planet uh, because I'm dim, and I think switching up the villains is worth the ticket price. <laughs> but then you get this. What a thrill ride. Maybe the best superhero movie I have seen since The Dark Knight. And although this one may not be trying to win an Oscar like DDK, uh, The Suicide Squad stands against 14 straight years of superhero blockbusters and stands out like a talking shark. Another enjoyable dimension to the movie, this is just a personal thing, is that I think this is a really fun companion piece with David Ayer's The Suicide Squad, because the main characters are the same. Amanda Waller basically causes the skybeam in that movie, and she orders the starfish to go fuck up the island in this one. There's just silly little parallels. The kills are so off the charts. The political commentary might be as far as you can push the border while still receiving funding from the Pentagon. Uh, throw up that Russia Today article. Okay? And uh, there's even nudity and sex in this thing. Suck my ass, Marvel. While I'm a fan of Aquaman and Shazam and Wonder Woman, you know, the PG-13 dark and gritty that DC is going to use to suck billions out of the box office for years to come, the Suicide Squad and the Snyder Cut, to a lesser extent, really elevate these. Like, superhero films don't have to be Marvel and DC. They can be prestigious. Like war films. They could be about the stamp of the director. For me, this was like a higher experience at the cinema than most superhero movies. And I guess this goes without saying, but I fucking loved it. Hell yeah. All right. So now I got to top that. So I got to see this movie a week early. I, I found out that there was an early screening and me being the humongous fucking James Gunn fan... And this, again, being the most anticipated movie of the year for me, I had to go see it. I was willing to dropkick a baby to see this movie. I love Dead Space. 
<laughs> and I, I, I saw it early, and I've, I have been waiting to fucking talk about this movie for a very, very long fucking time. This is probably me, just going to be me coming right now. That, that's how fucking excited I am. So I saw it early. I bought tickets before that early screening so I saw it literally a week later and then I just watched it again right right before this podcast and what has fucking happened since then how much do I fucking love this movie well I am wearing a shirt uh, bought it at Hot Topic last week I was wearing my King Shark shirt for, last week the week before for the specials podcast I was wearing my King Shark shirt let me pull it out here this is gonna be uh, Joseph's merch corner um I'm not going to show them all, but I got the entire action figure line. I wanted to build fucking King Shark. <laughs> I got, let's see, this collectible box that comes with like a pint glass and a duffel bag. Uh, I am reading the current Suicide Squad run. It's actually really fucking good. I just bought all of these fucking variant covers of the movie this fucking morning, right before work. Here's the book that the movie is inspired by, and then the follow-up with the uh, the famous Amanda Waller making Batman his make, making Batman a bitch, and all of the goddamn Funkos except for maybe four of the exclusives that are, are just not available yet. That's how fucking much I loved this goddamn movie. This movie was fucking special to me, man. Where where do I fucking start? Holy goddamn shit! This to me is what In the Heights was for. Tanner, Ooh. <laughs> this, this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> this movie hit me on an emotional level, like In the Heights did for you, Tanner. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, for starters, this is probably my favorite DC movie since Shazam, which Shazam was my favorite DC movie since The Dark Fucking Night, and I like this more than Shazam. So, holy fucking shit. Good job, DC. You're fucking catching up with Marvel and making fucking better movies than Marvel now. And when I say, like, this is the best comic book movie, I also mean that in terms of visuals. Because this movie is probably the closest we will ever fucking get to basically just directly, like, making a, uh, like, a nine-issue run of a comic series to life. There's title cards, like, that basically act as, like, act breaks. Like, whenever a title card comes up, that's just a new issue in whatever run we're adapting here. And visually, it looks like a comic. The colors pop. Like, it's framed like a goddamn comic. There's frames in this that look like goddamn splash pages. So that's fucking exciting to me. Performances, Jesus fucking Christ. I'll talk a little bit about her uh, when we talk about favorite characters, but um, the biggest goddamn standout is unknown actress uh, Daniela Melchior, who plays Ratcatcher 2, the absolute goddamn heart of the movie. Idris Elba bringing goddamn class to this. David Dast Malchian basically becoming a movie star and no longer being, hey, it's that guy in movies. Like, th this is his star-making performance. That He is going places. Holy goddamn shit. Margot Robbie basically pulling... At this point, it's now a Hugh Jackman situation. Har Margot Robbie is fucking Harley Quinn. You cannot replace her. Oh, my God. And I'm still going on this run. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, again, on an emotional level, Jesus Christ, this is 
a movie about losers proving their fucking worth. Tanner fucking mentioned this. I fucking was bawling my goddamn eyes out at the line that Taika Waititi gives in this movie because goddamn it just it gave me some goddamn hope in this world. What what are some other fucking lines that made me cry? Um friends, I don't have friends or I've never had friends. <laughs> that almost made me cry. Oh my god. Uh Starro's last line. The yeah. line that fucking made me cry uh, before I, I went on this podcast was they're in the bus and they're talking about um Ratcatcher's dad and uh, Bloodsport's dad. The line that fucking just made me lose it was, uh, despite my dad's flaws, he, he did love me. I wish he, I could have given that love to you. As someone, and I've met, I've, I've said it a ton of fucking times. Adopt me, dads uh, in movies, because, well, take a wild fucking guess. <laughs> I fucking cried. <laughs> and then the other thing, kind of on that same subject, I fucking cried at Polka Dot Man's goddamn redemption, basically him <laughs> overcoming his trauma, because that that's kind of another thing in, in this movie. One of the themes is overcoming your traumas and watching Polka Dot Man overcome his trauma of parental abuse. I was fucking losing it, man. I... <laughs> oh... <laughs> <laughs> you got one. You got one. Show Christ count. Oh, no! yeah, you, you, you got you got competition, Tanner. Watch out. We, we, Shut the fuck up, bitch. We got one. Uh, don't expect this to happen that often. This movie made me cry, man. This movie is special. And also, this is just like, again, the triumphant return of my goddamn hero. And it's the absolute most fucking glorious way for this guy to come back. Ah. Uh, and I just came. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to move on to uh, to just kind of keep up with everything. Uh, we're, we're talking about another ensemble movie, uh, and there's a lot of characters in it. So we're going to talk about favorite characters. Uh, so since I've been making him go last this entire time, we're going to start with Austin. Austin, who is your favorite character in this movie? If you've got a top ten... Five, rattle it off real quick. No, I don't do that. I answered the question. My favorite character is Rick Flag, mostly for the delivery of his final line. And of course, it's always advised every soldier should pull a Snowden if they ever happen to be at a, be around any compromising information that might jeopardize the state. Watching him get stabbed in the heart like a Mortal Kombat game was just sad as hell. But you know what? None of this would have happened if Katana had his back. She could cut you all in half with one sword stroke like she was mowing the lawn. I'd advise not getting killed by her. Her sword traps the souls of its victims. All right, uh, Tim, how about you? Um, yeah, I think I would have to say probably favorite character is King Shark. Uh, he's, he's just, he's awesome. And he's also, he has, there's a lot of heart to the character, Sylvester Stallone did a solid job making him kind of funny, but also you feel for him. You, you want to be his friend. I also really, I had just binged the first season of the Harley Quinn animated series last weekend. I really enjoy uh, Ron Funch's performance as him. Ron Funch is just fucking hilarious. Go listen to his stand up. I, I really enjoyed him in this movie as well. He's a lot of fun. Uh, Harley Quinn was also really good in this. She was really good in the the solo film. I'm not going to fucking call it Birds of Prey. That was not a Birds of Prey movie. It was a Harley Quinn movie. But I, I think this is where I've really enjoyed her performance as the character the most. Rain mentioned that one scene where 
she's jumping into Starro's eye and there's just this fucking beautiful scene where uh, she's in the liquid and you see like the veins and then the rats all come. I was not expecting to see someone jump into an eye and stab it with a javelin and have it be like the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. And this movie managed to do that. I think the her character in the movie was really good um, just overall. Uh, I, I do kind of agree with Rain's point uh, that it felt kind of separated from the rest of the movie at times, but I did really enjoy her. I was like really shocked at that one part where she's with the president guy or whatever, and then she <laughs> fucking shoots him. Like, I, I, I was, I was when he was giving his speech, I was kind of like, oh, so this is the like human villain because I knew Starro was in it. I was like, oh, this is the, like, human villain of the movie. And then, bam! He's fucking dead. <laughs> and then she gets the most James Gunn fucking monologue ever with probably the most James Gunn line in the movie. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Tanner, how about you? Favorite character? Uh, so walking out, walking out of the theater, I had said Ratcatcher too, but given more time to reflect and contemplate on it, uh, I think I've come to a new favorite character, which is maybe kind of a boring answer. But it's different from everyone else's answer so far, which is really cool when an ensemble movie happens and your favorite character is someone else each time. But um, for me, I think my favorite character in the movie has got to be Idris Elba's uh, Bloodsport. First off, holy shit, we finally got to see a Superman villain on the big screen that isn't just Lex Luthor or Zod or Doomsday or whatever. Like, that's pretty fucking awesome, right? Hell yeah. Right? We finally get to see a different fucking Superman villain. Also, Tanner, what, um, what is Bloodsport? Uh, I'm building to that. Let me build to All that. All right. <laughs> He, his action scenes are incredible. I love the way he he has like this bow and arrow wrist thing that's really cool. I love the way his costume looks. I love the fact that he's in his mask most of the fucking time. Unlike Will Smith's dead shot where he's just like, ah, I fuck, ah, I'm taking it off whenever he fucking can. I'm Will Smith, bitch. He brings a sense of class in the movie, a real sense of gravitas. Uh, uh, he is a grandoise, if you will. Uh, <laughs> we got one. <laughs> we got one. And, you know, I, I think he really brings a, a big sense of uh, bigness to the movie. And the thing I love most of his emotional arc, because even at the beginning where he's yelling at his daughter, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Deep down, you know, he loves her. And I really feel like everything he's doing is for his daughter on some level because dads rock, baby. More, more specifically, dad learns to rock. Yeah, dad learns to rock, baby. Oh, so this is Space Jam. Bloodsport's my probably my favorite character. I want to shout out uh, King Shark for Bird, and also shout out to my homie Milton. May he rest in peace. All right, Rain, go. Um, I hope you don't hear my roommate uh, singing. All right, I'll keep it quick, uh, brief. Uh, every character I think I love from Rick Flag, who's um, in the last movie had, was like a just a, a black hole of anti charisma, is now like just a cool guy. He's a cool guy. You, 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 I, I want a beer with that man. And then you got um, Bloodsport. Um, so I assume I, I looked up nothing about the character. I assume he's just like some edgy '90s superhero or supervillain. I, I, if I had to guess, somehow you you make him amazing, just an amazing lead. Like that, like uh, you. Idris does it all. He can do anything. But it's, if I had to pick my favorite, it would probably be a tie between uh, King Shark and Ratcatcher 2. For the, re- the obvious reasons, you could scrap, uh, scrapulate, whatever the word is. Uh, Polka Dot Man 2 is also cool. Again, uh, follows in the James Gunn style of being simultaneously um, goofy and hilarious, but also just like tragic and like just like there's my answers. All right. So I'm going to rapid fire this. Firstly, 
one honorable mention to Rick Flag because, oh, hey, Joel Kinnaman actually got to, uh, you know, he got to be charismatic. He got to crack jokes. He wasn't stoic all the time. Also, he has better motivation in this than in the first one where what was his fucking motivation was, oh, we got to stop the Enchantress because I want to stick my dick in Cara Delevingne and come o- come all Corey! over her fucking weird but kind of sexy alien face. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that, that's the plot of Suicide Squad for Joel Kinnaman, but he's got more to do in this and he actually gets to be a hero and, you know, he actually kind of sort of likes these people. He tolerates them. Quick fire uh, top five. Starting with number five, Bloodsport, Idris Elba. You guys kind of said it all. Dad learns to rock. Hell yeah. Number four, Weasel. More movies need an anthropomorphic, uh, fucking bulgy-eyed, beer-gutted weasel just lumbering around, coughing and sneezing all over shit, just being hopelessly lost. That shit was hilarious. Number three, King Shark. I just want to give that that poor thing a hug and be his friend. I, I felt so goddamn bad for him. Number two, Polka Dot Man, arguably the character I related to the most. And again, I wanted to give him a hug. I was so happy that he got over his traumas. Number one, Rat Catcher 2, the heart of the movie, arguably the star of the movie. I would jump in front of a bullet storm, not just for Rat Catcher 2 and, uh, because I, I count Sebastian just and Bradcatcher 2 as one. I, I would jump in front of a bullet storm for the both of them. I would also just jump in front of a bullet storm for uh, Daniela Melchior. She, she seems like a real sweetie. And uh, also, thank you for retweeting my tweet after I saw it uh, the first week. So, are you ready for Joseph's Trivia Corner? All right, so I'm just going to... Boo, not as good as Tanner's. I'm ready. All right. (laughs) I'm not ready, Daddy. All right, so this is a James Gunn movie, and James Gunn movies like to feature a lot of his friends. So, cameo time. Hi, Michael Rooker. Hi, Nathan Fillion. Hi, Jennifer Holland. Hi, Stephen Blackheart. Hi, Michaela Hoover. Hi, Lloyd Kaufman. Hi, Korean, French, Canadian, Mega Bay, Palm Clementif. Hi, Steve Agee. Hi, Steve Agee. Hi, Sean Gunn. And hi, Sean Gunn. Uh, if you think there's a glitch in the Matrix, no, I did that intentionally because Sean Gunn plays two roles in the movie. Uh, he plays a uh, weasel. And he also plays, for a brief, like, one-second cameo as Calendar Man, uh, Steve Agee also plays two roles. He plays uh, the uh, we-gotta-kaiju-up-in-this-shit guy in in the uh, control room. And uh, he also was the CGI stand-in for King Shark. Moving on. Uh, Speaking of cameos, uh, John Ostrander, creator of the Suicide Squad comic, appears in the beginning of the movie as, uh, I think it was Dr. Fitzgibbon is the name. The guy that sticks the bomb into uh, Michael Rooker. Uh, good dog. This is uh, John Mur- Murphy's return to film composing. The last movie that he composed was Kick-Ass back in 2010, which I would kind of compare this to. I, I-, I kind of saw a lot of similarities in it. And I also fucking love Kick-Ass. That's probably why I really fucking loved the score to this, too. A stray cat approached Dave Dasmalchian while shooting the movie. He adopted the cat, named it Bubblegum, and the costume designer created a tiny cat-sized polka dot costume uh, for Bubblegum, so we get polka dot cat. Two rumors were debunked. Uh, We'll we'll throw these out here. Josh Brolin does not make a cameo in this. People think he's the... uh, 
the soldier in the the truck after uh, Rick Flag, Idris Elba, and John Cena get kidnapped for some reason. <laughs> he, yeah, that was Cardi B. They do look similar. <laughs> um, also, uh, th- this was debunked because the internet does not know how film lighting works. Uh, Palm Clementif is not Poison Ivy. Just throwing that one out oh. there. There's an interesting list of potential directors for the Suicide Squad sequel. Uh, Gavin O'Connor was originally set to direct, but he, he was basically let go uh, by the time James Gunn was brought on board, and he was not aware of it until the news broke out on social media. Oh. Oh. Uh, other potential directors were Mel Gibson, uh, Ruben Fleischer, Guy Ritchie, uh, Daniel Espinoza and Jonathan Levine. Uh, Jean. Oh, 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 no, is not with the other. Uh, <laughs> I want to see Mel Gibson. Uh, Colette Sarah was uh, considering to direct if Mel Gibson didn't take the helm. However, he dropped out and instead directed Jungle Cruise. Uh, he will actually be directing the Black Adam project uh, for DC here soon. This movie was released on James Gunn's 55th birthday. Sebastian the Rat was uh, played by a real rat, affectionately known as uh, Chris Pratt, uh, a reference to Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy, but he was also voiced by Dee Bradley Baker. Isabella McCred, who was uh, Dora in the live-action Dora movie, was considered to play Ratcatcher. Uh, oh, yeah, this is the... Uh, the fourth James Gunn movie to feature Michael Rooker dying in it, and it's the fifth one if you count his written works, because the Belko experiment would be the fifth one, where he gets killed by none other than Polka Dot Man himself, uh, Dave Dasmalchian. All right, now that that's over, uh, final thoughts, you guys. We're going to start with Tim. Um, yeah, I would say that this was... Uh, it's definitely a big step up from the original film, and it's really a good step forward for DC in general, because like they've they've been getting better. I I've noticed uh, like their first couple efforts with their cinematic universe had some issues, but uh, they've gradually gotten better. And I think that this is a really good step in the right direction. I hope that they continue to make more movies like this. They continue to get directors who know what they're doing and are able to make really good movies that are a little different from the Marvel formula, but they're still they're still fun. Like they're not so just dark and downtrodden that they just suck all of the enjoyment out of the experience. And like this 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 was the perfect blend of both worlds, I would say. And I hope that we get to see more stuff like this from DC in the future. Tanner, final thoughts. Uh, so walking out of the theater, I was I was sure this is uh, at the time I thought it was my second favorite James Gunn movie, uh, just behind Guardians Two. And the more I think about it, the more and more I love the Suicide Squad. I would really consider Guardians Two in this movie like a one A one B type situation. And, you know, I've enjoyed all of Gunn's movies, super one scene aside. Um, so I thought it was really uh, fun to see this movie on the big screen. It's a great return return from Gunn. Glad to see him back. Um, and I, I really love this movie. Again, I just can't describe it enough. It's so kinetic. It really does feel like a live action comic book come to life. I, I still think the movie that most feels like a comic book come to life is the Spider-Verse movie. It's animated, though, so it almost feels like an unfair comparison. Yes. But uh, that's still how I feel. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love the Suicide Squad. Uh, go see it on the biggest screen you can. All right, Austin, go. Uh, the Kill Yourself crew was super duper good. 
the seppuku squad uh, I enjoyed. Uh, this this sort of feels like one of those things where it's not just good for for like a superhero movie. It's just a good movie, and I hope I get to watch this with as many people for the first time as I possibly can. Host as many screenings as possible for those poor people who missed it in the theater because of the Delta variant, so I can fucking see their faces. Thank you, James Gunn. Rain, final thoughts. All right, keep it fast. Um, better than Guardians 1, not quite as good as Guardians 2. Uh, better looking at Guardians 2. Uh, 8 out of 10, James Gunn is is uh, the, the Gen Xer um, Sam Raimi. Hell yeah. Isn't Sam Raimi the Gen Xer I Sam Raimi? I think he's Raimi? a boomer. I could be wrong, though. No! <laughs> Fuck. All right, I will wrap my... F- thoughts on this uh if you could not tell this is my favorite movie of the year i highly doubt anything is going to top the high that this movie has given me i am so happy my boy's back and what a fucking time to be a james gunn fan too because we get peacemaker in in january hopefully we get guardians 3 we get the guardians holiday special we get a wily coyote movie written by him Ah, uh, this is fucking heaven for me, guys. I, oh my God. I forgot I, he was doing the words can, Coyote movie. Words cannot describe how excited I am and how happy this movie made me. Even if uh, this is my third favorite James Gunn movie, I still think Super and Guardians 2 kind of stand above it. But you know what? They're, they're all five out of fives, those three. So I feel it's kind of unfair to compare. I'm just happy either way. And... I'm also happy that you guys tuned in to watch this particular episode of the Bomb Squad podcast. And I think we all here would like to thank you for checking out this video. Uh, Not me. Let, let us know. What did what, you guys think of the Suicide Squad down below? Uh, wh- who were your favorite characters? Uh, would you jump in front of a bullet storm for Daniela Melchior? Let, let us know down below. Uh, if you enjoyed the video, give it a like. Uh, if you're new here and want to see more, hit that subscribe button. If you want to know when our videos come out, uh, hit the bell icon. Uh, we do have a Patreon, so we'll put the link down below if you want to go support us there. Uh, Tanner, what is next week's podcast i will not be on it in fact this will be my last podcast for a little while uh i'm I'm gonna take a bit of a break castle in the sky uh castle in the sky sorry everything's in flux right now venom got delayed i've had to move a bunch of shit around so i couldn't remember all right well (laughs) now we know uh next week we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about the uh the movie castle in the sky uh And uh, as I will end all of the James Gunn podcasts that I host, I will end this with uh, the famous saying, in these times of hardship, please remember, we are Groot. And I will also end this on a bit of a joke. So, guys, uh, what does uh, Peacemaker call his groupies? I swear to fucking God. His peace, bitches! (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Peace, bitches, you get two. We'll see you later. (laughs) 